Hello everybody and welcome to Broomvagoon. You will not get there on a road bike. Well, today is a really complex one. So probably you will get there on a road bike or probably not. Probably you need a city bike or an electric bike or a bikepacking bike or whatever. The important thing is to get a bike, a solid bike and ride on it for a long time today because the episode of today as i was telling you is going to be a tiny bit complex and you need a bit of time it's going to be also long in order to digest it i believe let's start from the beginning it's always good if you are going to start a long journey on starting on the things that you know and the things that are normal and pretty uh you have a habit out of it so yeah let's do it from then What's the classic thing that starts this podcast? Myself complaining about my voice, first of all. And second thing that is going to happen also this thing is the, my contacts. Exactly. The mention from myself about my contacts. Hello at calamaro.cc. That's my email. Then calamaro.cc on Facebook and on Instagram. And don't forget to read Calamaro on Twitter. I'm not tweeting anymore. I don't know what's going on over there. But Twitter, I can understand why it's not let's say, uh, the most common social media anymore, but that's just because I'm lazy and because my daily work in this period is crashing me really hard. But I'm not here to complain. I usually complain only about my voice, not about my life. And that's something that I'm not going to do it right now. So we mentioned already hello at calamaro.cc, then calamaro.cc, then read calamaro. That's my Twitter. And then don't forget, please, that you are listening to this episode from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or Spreaker. And there, it's super easy to find myself, is Broomvagoon or Broomvagon. And please, once that you are in this platform, don't forget of sharing this episode with all your friends. Well, I was telling you that this would have been a complex episode. Why that? Let me explain it to you. So, I'm gonna collect here two different content from two different guests even if i cannot talk about the first one as a guest is kind of he has the keys he has the keys of this podcast so it's pretty easy but yeah two different content because let's start from the beginning is gonna be actually it was the uh, week of the weekend of the one that before was named as the berlin at farashao Berliner Farashao was killed because I think it was not sustainable anymore for the organization. And then after that, the Rad, so when they announced that they would not make it happen this year, the Berliner Farashao, the people of Radrace, and especially I will talk about Ingo from Radrace, just announced that they would keep it on, organizing something on the same dates, not named Berliner Farashao, but the collective. So different organization, same kind of thing, a, something like a bicycle fair that was actually completely built on the vibes of an amazing city, an amazing Berlin is a city that you know, right? So an amazing culture, bicycle culture in a special city. And uh, that's what happened, actually. They just launched the idea, called for brands for support them. And let's say they said, okay, if we are going to reach something like the point that we are going to have enough people, the threshold that we are going to have enough brand in order to make it happen, we are going to make it happen. And that's what happened. They actually put everything together. And this weekend was the weekend of the collective fair. 
as usual really berliner style a lot of bicycle rides because over there there was bike rumor organizing a gravel ride and then there was rose bike organizing another ride and velo organizing a women's ride it was great so everything based on that everything based on really um people of brands so brands that are behind people that are behind amazing brands that went everything together and it was the classic family convention family meeting all together everybody knew each other and they got looked like because i could not be there that they had a blast i have a tradition on this podcast every year that the fair the bike show of berlin happened i have a guy that I, a friend, a brother, that I interview about what's going on over here. It was like this two years ago, it was like this with a live show last year, and it is like this this year. So if the first one was a classic interview that I do, so with uh, um, uh, yeah, calling him at the phone or actually on the computer, on the browser, and having some questions to him, the second one was really a live interview, and this year is a voice memo. Um, an audio contribution, let's put it in that way. I asked John, John Woodruff, this is the guy, uh, man, you are gonna go there only Friday, but I really need your point of view, your expert point of view on the bike fair, because first of all, it's kind of a tradition, and second thing, I really would like people to understand what's going on with this bike collective, if it's the same, better, different, which kind of one are the vibes, and if, and I'm sure they did, uh, the road race people made a great job. And he came back and he said, yes, for sure, man, I'm going to do it for you. And this is the audio contribution that he sent to me yesterday morning to be pretty, pretty, pretty precise. So Bike Fair, the collective of Berlin from the voice and the words of John, John Woodruff. Hey, Stefano, thank you for the chance to share my first impressions of the collective Bike Fair in Berlin. My name is John Woodruff. I have a company here in Amsterdam called Two Tone. Uh, we've been working in the cycling industry here in Europe uh, and beyond. I'm American, uh, going back to have my own bike shop in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, dang, like 12 years ago already. Um, when I first started here freelancing with my company, I worked with Bregan Koenigsegger of Crank Communications on the Fahrradschau in 2015. Uh, later worked directly with Fares, uh, even on the Vienna bike show, the Wiener Fahrradschau, and to say that the Fahrradschau had a special place in my heart um, is an understatement. I think so many people felt so strongly about that show that when they announced they were going to be canceling it, uh, that was a void that kind of a lot of people felt like all over the place, and for... Ingo and the Rad Race team to pull together collectives so quickly is, is pretty impressive and it says a lot about um, you know how many awesome people and and companies could come together so quickly to make something like this happen and was it was pretty impressive you know when I was there Friday I was only able to be there for a few hours um, I was in Berlin for one day and I had to be back Saturday to get my kids from the airport uh, it just didn't work out that I could be there the whole weekend, which is which is too bad. But I was there to kind of feel the vibe and scope everything out on Friday. So that's what Stefano asked me to share about. And, you know, like I said, everyone really had this feeling that they wanted to sustain what the Farad Show had meant for everyone every year in Berlin. And I felt like 
easily uh, that same spirit was accomplished. I mean, easily is a different, <laughs> delicate word to work use because I know a ton of work went into everyone coming there and organizing this. Um, but it did feel effortless. You know, it, it didn't feel like um, people felt obligated to be there. I guess I'll touch on that in a little bit. But, you know, what you did feel was there was an anticipation. Really, no one knew how it was going to go. You know, no one really even knew when the doors opened if people would show up. And that didn't matter. You know, everybody was there to support what they felt like they would have missed out on if the Farachau, uh, you know, if that if there wasn't an opportunity to um, keep it going, you know. Uh, maybe Stefan from Assavers kind of put it best, and I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, it was the first time and no one knew uh, if it was going to work. But to say that you were there and you supported it, that's kind of why, you know, and it's that unique solidarity that spans the niches, the scenes, the cliques uh, that typically separate cycling into silos that that made the Farashah work. And Collective did an amazing job kind of bringing everyone together uh, in that same spirit. So again, thank you, Stefano, for uh, the opportunity to share my initial kind of impression and uh, also for the guidance kind of giving me some pointers so I don't ramble on for ages. <laughs> So I'll talk about the miles, the smiles, the styles, the aisles, and the, even the textiles of the Collective Berlin Bike Fair. And I'll try to keep it quick. Cool, I'll say it a million times. I've said it a million times. Uh, the vibe is just different uh, than at other shows. You know, I've been to a lot of more kind of B2C, B2B shows. People kind of feel chained to their booth. People are there, you know, more out of obligation than inspiration. You know, the employees, entrepreneurs, marketing managers that kind of made the decision uh, to come out to Collective and align their brand with such a positive show. Everyone kind of agreed that was a smart move. And the atmosphere was super positive. It was really cool to feel that. And of course, with so many familiar faces, uh, it felt like a family reunion to so many people, you know. Um, so yeah, just seeing everyone smile, that was, uh, that's not typical, I would say, even though you'd imagine most people would be excited to be at a bike show. Um, the miles, you know, for me, this felt the same because the morning I arrived, I got, got out with about 40 kilometer kind of off road through the forest. And there's lots of cool trails around Berlin with uh, my friend, Stefan Hainel, who's a photographer, photographer in Berlin who made made the time to get on ride with me in the morning. So that's classic for me to do rides when I get out to bike shows. Um, I saw Bike Rumor was doing a quote adventure ride, which I think is awesome. Like I said, there's tons of cool trails to get out in Berlin. That's not always the case in lots of cities. I saw Beeler did a ride, Rose did a gravel ride, uh, Veloin did a women's ride. Um, yeah, I've always said the best thing about bike shows are the bike rides, and it seems like that held true for Collective. Uh, moving on to the styles, you know, for me, this is always a staple at the Farad Show. It's tough not to make comparisons between that show and, and this show. I think that'll be an ongoing thing. I think what was great is, you know, styles like seeing lots of utilitarian Bachfeet style bikes there, more and more gravel bikes, uh, Tons of kind of like mess life, urban assault, anti-car, fixie vibes, which for the record, I'm all about, you know, this kind of 
I don't know. I guess it's just like a messenger thing, but it's also this kind of urban thing. I kind of came up through that. And um, yeah, I think it's cool to see that keep going. Um, you don't really see that outside of a, a lot of cities, I guess. And, and Berlin has a special kind of flavor for it, you know. Um, good dose of Aero Roadie kind of race style stuff. No fuss commuter stuff. Kid stuff too, of course. To say there was something for every cyclist their urban road, off-road, even like downhill mountain bike stuff. It was true. It's pretty impressive. Uh, I should mention e-bikes, companies like Ampler that we work with. Uh, I've worked really hard to just kind of shake the stigma uh, that e-bikes are only for older people or less cool people, you know, cool looking, I should say. You know, that's that's totally over, frankly. You know, for all kinds of cyclists, e-bikes can just make more and more sense nowadays. And them being there at a show like this uh, is perfect, I think. You know, and Ampler, for example, has an office in Berlin. They're originally from Estonia. And, you know, it's just another indication of how perfect that lines up. You know, um, I personally love custom handmade bikes. I wish I had more time to see builds from builders like Mirrorglass, Big Forest, Almond, Fern. They were all there, and I think what's even what's wild on the e-bike note and the custom handbike note, you feel like these are opposite ends of the spectrum. With a show like Collective, you even have handcrafted electric bikes. Uh, There's a brand called Designio. Um, to me, that's amazing. <laughs> I think that's that's super cool. The Isles, uh, the Motorwerk venue was great. There was a cool bird's eye view of kind of the double-decker setup there that was super cool, you know. There's a great mix of company sizes, product offerings, um, Farad Chow, staple supporters like Pelago, friends of mine. Um, they were there with the Karu Finnish beer at the end of the main aisle. And it was from there that I could kind of see that each aisle quickly began to feel kind of like a neighborhood, even on the opening night, you know, where different brands employees were also hanging out together. Um, you know, it was such a cool mix of brands and products i mean i even saw rocket espresso had a booth there of course those guys are pretty dialed in the cycling scene and you know the booth sizes the layout and kind of generally the setup was easily navigated and uh each exhibitor had great exposure so i felt like the aisles were set up quite nice with a super cool mix of of companies textiles um this is relevant for me you know i did a lot of work uh with a brand called Volpine in the past. They won an award at the last Farad show. And, um, you know, I've always paid attention to cycling apparel kind of on and off the bike. And what was really great is there was lots of small apparel brands there. Some like So IY, uh, Sixer, Segra Segra, Fred, makes little kids clothes. So that's cool. Kind of like, yeah, just independent up and coming labels. Uh, Seven Mesh is a brand I really dig. They were there. Beeler, of course, was there. Uh, so tons of options for apparel. Um, you know, that's kind of ultimately for the general wrap-up of what I have, um, especially gave, based on the guidelines that Stefano gave me. Uh, I wish I could have been there for the rad race. Um just to see the people that I typically don't see. Other, otherwise, unless there was this anomaly in kind of the cycling scene, that being the Faro Chow in the past, and I think Collective has stepped up to the plate 
and provided that that forum and that venue for people to come together so i think that's that's great uh i should certainly end with quite a bit of kudos for ingo and the rad race team um they've made something of their own kind of building upon the goodwill of so many people that had come out in the past years this would have been the 10th year for the fire show and uh i knew it's certainly quite daunting to try and recreate it so i'd say you know they didn't necessarily recreate the show but they made it create they created a new reason i would say for everyone to come together that shared the same philosophy and has their own interpretation and i think uh it's just super impressive and i'm looking forward to catching up with all the people that were there all weekend and get the full scoop but i can already say that if collective 2020 is announced i'll be there so i hope to see you guys there too all right thank you stefano and now I'm pretty, pretty sad that I missed this because, yes, it was an amazing, uh, an amazing event. Everybody told me that. Every, all the people that I met told me that. And then also the Last Man Standing was a great one. It was really coming back to the tradition. So I participated to um, Berlin and Farashau for one, two, three, three years in a row. As I always say, I started there as an exciter, nobody knew me, and the last year, last year, uh, I was there as kind of a protagonist, let's put it in that way. I was part of the family, let's put it in that way, because I got my presentation, I got my interview with John, and I received a lot of high five, and a lot of friends were there last year, I don't know, I'm thinking about the guys from WeTour, um, Max from Podia, and Andre from Chimbar, everybody was there and it was really, really great fun. And uh, yes, in these three years, everything changed. Still this year, it didn't happen, the, the Berlin Fire Show, but this newborn was there, the collective. And I really hope that it's gonna stay there for a long, long time. And for sure, as also John said, if 2020 is gonna be the second edition of the collective, count me in i'm gonna be there for sure also because i want to go again on the rad race last man standing that this year everybody of us could follow from the gcn live show and the live streaming on the facebook of the gcn of global cycling network and it was really a blast augusto reati won again after a couple of years two or three years that he didn't win and uh, yeah it sounds like everything started back from the family, from the scratch on, and everything started again like this. It was great. So, a great hugs. Thanks a lot again, John, for this contribution. I will talk to you super soon. And uh, thanks to also to the Rad Race people, to Ingo, and great shout out and high five to you guys. You have made great things, really great things. And small brackets, I was talking about the Rad Race. And uh, yes, Joe, Joe. I think that the surname, I always make mistakes. I also interviewed him uh, on this podcast a couple of years ago, Joe Fischner. Uh, it was probably the one in the best shape on the last man standing race, but the only point is that in the final, uh, it just crashed when he was on the lead. No worries, Joe. Jonas, better in the German way. No worries, Jonas, you're going to win next year. I'm pretty sure about that. Putting all the content related to um berlin so collective i will always call it berlin Farashal. sorry people the collective berlin putting on the side just flip page and let's move to the next interview some month ago i believe it was tiny before christmas i met andy 
Andy is the guy behind an amazing race, the North Cape Tarifa, the probably the longest race. I don't want to claim it in that way, so I'm saying that and I'm saying in the in the wrong way. Sorry for that, but for sure it's the longest race unsupported race in Europe, the North Cape Tarifa. I met him just by chance. We contacted each other via social media and I got to discover that he's actually uh, from Switzerland, from Swiss. And uh, uh, we got to meet for a lunch in my lunch break from my job. Uh, that's another story. Stop talking about your office, man. Uh, from my, um, I, we got to have lunch together, just put it in that way. And we started talking, talking and talking. He has a guy with a lot of experience. He participated this year to the Silk Road, Romber, um, Silk Road Mountain Race. Wow, I can say that. Silk Road Mountain Race. And then he participated to Trans Am, to Trans Pacific, to the... Um, yeah, for sure, to the transcontinental, to all these things. And it told me about what happened, actually, that he wanted to organize the North Cape Tarifa. We had a great talk and then he told me, you need to interview the guy who won last year North Cape Tarifa because he's such a character, he's such a strong guy and has a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience on unsupported race. And that's why I arrived to Stefan. Stefan straight, uh, you're gonna know a bit more about a strike, probably strike. You're gonna get better his name and surname because I'm gonna misspell it also later on. And uh, yes, he is actually. He made a lot of underground race and also well-known races. I don't know, Transam, for example, or Transcontinental race and everything like this. And we really went through the all spirit of what it is racing unsupported for a lot of kilometers and this is the shot that is gonna happen in one second in this podcast just want to tell you and this is small uh, start of the talk over here that unfortunately i got a couple of technical problems on this uh, conversation in ways it's super long but i got a couple of technical problems because zencaster so the tool that i usually use for interviews didn't work plus i can tell you uh, that uh, I started recording with an external mic that is not huge quality, so you're gonna listen for a bit of up and down on the volume and on the quality. Bear with me, the content is still amazing and I will try to work hard in order to this not happen again, but please listen to this episode, it's gonna be a great, great talk with a great, great, great character and it's starting right now. Hello everybody and today this is an episode that we are preparing since long time and I would never say since long time because the preparation was long. I actually contacted Stefan just a couple of days ago but long time because here today we are full of problems, technical problems. So hopefully everything is gonna be right. For now, hi Stefan, how are you doing? Hi Stefano, I'm fine, and you? I'm really, uh, <clears throat> I'm a bit sick and my voice is scratchy and my technical things here are giving me a hard time, but talking to you now, way better, I would say. Yeah, we will try. I speak more <laughs> than you, so so you can rest. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 it's going to happen. It's going to happen for sure. It's an interview like this. Uh, first of all, I really, really would like to spell your name and surname and probably I'm going to do it really in a bad way. Are you ready for that? Uh, I will try, yes. Okay, so your name and surname is, okay, today I'm interviewing Stefan Streich. Yes, that's right. Wait, Streich. Streich, yes. It's like, exactly. I like it. Streich. 
Streich. Okay, perfect. You know, even if I even if I was living in uh, Berlin for five years and now I live in Zurich, my German is still ah, not perfect. Ah, never mind. I, I you can try later if you want. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. I like to cover myself in ridiculous, so it's fine. So, who's Stefan actually? Who I am? Yes. I'm a cyclist, a long down, uh, distance cyclist. I, I live my, with my family here on Lesbos, an island in, from Greece. And now we are 15 years here and, uh, I enjoy the, the island we found here before, uh, maybe it, yes, I, 20 years ago. Uh, I can make my mm -hmm. training here. I, I've uh, fixed everything in my life uh, around uh, cycling, so I can manage uh, today my cycling, uh, my training, and everything. But uh, I'm not uh, a, a professional. I have a normal day job. I, I uh, work in a tourist. Uh, uh, office and uh, we we have an olive uh, fields in the winter time so it's it's everything mm -hmm. is normal and uh, i try to fix everything myself i make my programs uh, by myself i fix the bikes with a friend everything like this and uh, yes and in someone it starts when when i came here and with cycling and uh, the distance is uh, we're going longer and longer and enjoyed uh, a lot the long distances. And uh, so I started with 100 Ks and uh, then it comes to some brevets when we uh, had here with some friends in, in Greece. So I, I started to, to prepare for Police Brest Paris in uh, uh -huh. 2011. And uh, this was really my first uh, long, longest ride, uh, I think, yes. So it's all started with Paris Brest Paris, like a, a normal randonneur. Well, I would say that anyways, the Paris Brest Paris is kind of a great achievement for a cyclist. And it's great, actually, listening to you that this was your first experience. How did you find it? Was it tough, right? <sighs> Yes, uh, you know, if you, if you start uh, this things, it's not uh, that you you wake up and then you start to go Paris, Brest, Paris. Uh, you 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 make your your first uh, 200k brevet and then you you start the 300k, and then you see oh, I can do this, and uh, then it's uh, 400, uh, and then you make it longer, and the, the 600 brevet when you're finished, you you feel like a giant, and you. You are thinking it's uh, <laughs> everything, everything is possible now, and then you you prepare for Paris Brest Paris, and it's twelve hundred thirty k's, and uh, yes, uh, now after the years, if if we start for a two hundred k brevet or something like this, it's, it's just for training. Uh, it's not that I don't have respect for these uh, distances, but. Uh, you're not, you're not scared. Uh, it's a, it's a normal ride. Uh, uh, eight hours, uh, at least uh, you finished something like this. The, the Paris, Brest Paris was a, a great experience because of the, a lot of the people. So where I think this year were somewhere 7,000 uh, uh, cyclists uh, on the start uh, line. And I've never cycled with so many guys uh, <laughs> around me. And, uh, yes, uh, I've finished somewhere in the night, lonely, 
Yes, well, it was a great experience. I think every every randonneur have to do is to to do it once and uh, to get in touch with things like this because everything in the long uh, distance cycling starts in Paris plus Paris. I think so. Okay, okay. So the, yeah, this is actually a question that I wanted to ask you over there. You already something like half answer to that because everybody talks about the Paris best Paris and everybody's mentioning it also, especially this year that is going to be the year that is going to happen again. And everybody says that is a magical thing. It's a magical ride. Why do you think it's so magic? It's, it's not really the 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 route it's it's uh you 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 start something you have never done before the most people uh not mm -hmm. the experienced one uh but uh, you have cyclists from all over the world it's a real uh, happy happening it's a, re a great party and uh, always the the people on the road uh they they support you so you you came to villages uh, or towns or something like this, and all the people, uh, the day and the night time, they are outside. They uh, try to help you. They feed you. They give you something to drink, and and so it's a, a really amazing atmosphere there. For me, with the experiences now, uh, it's too much people. <laughs> I have to okay. say. I, I like my races uh, at the moment more than the events with so many people around me. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes completely sense. But you were saying that actually everything started with you in the bicycle when you moved to Greece. But what happened, actually? You were just jumping on the bicycle at a certain point and you could not stop. No, uh, it, yeah, I think it starts somewhere in, 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 the, in the childhood. I have learned to cycle with somewhere seven or eight years. And then I cycled a lot with friends or for me and not cyclists and in some teams or something like this. this is only for me, for myself. And mm -hmm. then I moved from, from Berlin to Munich and I, I stopped cycling. I've done some bodybuilding or something like this. And I put a lot of kilos on and uh, I got trouble with my knees and with my uh, mm arms and something like this because <laughs> my body is not fixed for things like this and i asked uh, mm. i asked the doctor what can i do and he told me oh, it's simple you have to lose weight uh, in a, some uh, easy way move then i i remembered the the, the cycling and uh, around munich there's a lot of area with some mountains you can go to the Alps and everything and I bought my first mountain bike. I came to cycling again, and then I had done my first Alpencross in, I think it was 2002 or 2003. And then we moved from from there. Uh, I got a burnout. I was a car uh, car seller uh, for, for BMW. I mm -hmm. got a burnout. I was tired and working and everything like this, and I changed my my whole life. I came here to Greece to to do something else and uh, we moved uh, in 2003 and yeah. I started cycling here always it, in, 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 with two reasons the one reason was uh, I bought here a house I fixed it and in, in the end there were no nothing uh, nothing uh, money left <laughs> so I, I couldn't pay for, for 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 gasoline <laughs> and I used the bicycle to move around and I yeah. like the island. I like to move the island. The, the landscapes, uh, the nature here is amazing. And so uh, it came all together. 
nice weather too. I like the weather here. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah, okay. From the beginning and then moving out from uh, yeah. bodybuilding and problems with the knees and then enjoying the island in that way. How is it actually? It's, uh, it's big enough actually, the island where you live, Lesbos, for uh, riding the bicycle? Or you have to do several turns in order to get trained for your events? <laughs> uh, it's a big one. It's a, you can do a 300k uh, brevet here, we have done here, uh, organized okay. uh, actually. And you, 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 you are not, uh, uh, twice on the same road. So it's okay. a big island. It's the, it's the third biggest island of Greece. And, uh, it's very hilly. So you can think, uh, if I, if I go to Midilini, it's 50 kilometers from here, from the northern part of the island to, to the okay. capital. And I have 50 Ks to go. And if I go back, uh, it's, it's, 100 k's and I have uh, more than 1,000 uh, meters of climbing. So it's hilly. Wow. It's uh, it's tough. Yes. Great. And are you sure, how many kilometers usually do you close in one year? Oh, the last years I was always around 20 to 25,000 k's. Oh wow! The first race of your life was the uh, Paris Brest Paris and then after that you have done ton of those just how many which ones <laughs> yeah uh, let's say the first big one because there was uh, there were other in front to prepare for Paris Brest Paris I think uh, everything it's true, is, it's uh, true. Uh, you have uh, to, to respect uh, for, for, for some people there are 200 or 300 uh, K uh, bravery right is a, is a, uh, goal for the, for the year. So never mind. Okay. Yes. There were the, the next one, uh, in the next year, one eleven was the Paris Brest Paris. Then we have done here in 2012, uh, six by 200 in Greece. Mm -hmm. In, in, in 13, I have done, uh, the London, Edinburgh, London. Okay. And uh, then I started the, I think it was the second edition of the Transcontinental in 2014. Okay. And that changed everything because uh, I, I liked this uh, unsupported racing as, as much and uh, gives me really an, another feeling of, of racing. Uh, I think everybody who has done uh, uh, unsupported race, you can imagine this. It's not the same with the uh, brevet where you have some stages and you have uh, people around you and have something like this. And yes, and then uh, everything's changed. In the in the next year, in, in 15, I was uh, uh, on one big brevet. It was in Italy in May. It was a 2200K. Okay. Uh, really nice, uh, nearly rice, uh, nice one in the springtime in May. Okay. Uh, Which one was it? Uh, this is the, the uh, this is the round, uh, 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 the, the brevet around the four uh, old uh, uh, parts of, of uh, Italy. I don't know how exactly you, you explain I'm going to figure it out. Uh, okay, the, yeah. The, uh, it was the four, uh, the Four main republics of the old uh, ancient Italy. Uh, 
So it was uh, from uh, Venice down okay. to uh, Genoa, uh, down to Rome and Neapel, Napoli, yes, and then back to the other side, Ancona, and back to Venice. So it was uh, wow. 2,200 kilometers. Uh, really nice, really nice. Uh, wow. It's not so uh, not so known, but uh, I think uh, some insiders uh, will know this. Wow. And uh, in the same year, then I was in. Uh, I have done the the Trans Africa in October mm-hmm. from uh, from uh, Bitebridge on the northern uh, part of, of of South Africa down to Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And. Then uh, the next year was the it was sixteen was the Trans Am mm-hmm. and uh, seventeen was the IndyPac Australia yeah and last year I was uh, on the North Cape Tarifa yes across Europe so the biggest one wow. can bigger and bigger every every year a little bit bigger so we were saying technical problems is the third one right now you can hear our voice in a bit different way because I'm recording with an external recorder but. We will continue it, right, Stefan? Yes. <laughs> so we were saying. Try to our very best. Yeah, we will do it. So we were mentioning before we were talking about underground racing, and I was um, maybe putting a bit of context in my question. Um, I was saying that actually you are uh, apart from the Paris-Brest-Paris and uh, the transcontinental race. It sounds like you have done a lot of underground roads. Uh, sorry, underground rides. And I'm referring in particular to um, the Trans-Africa and then this amazing race that you were mentioning between the biggest navy city of, um, of Italy and then as well as the Indian Pacific Wheel, North Cape Tarifa. Obviously, in the middle you have made also something special like the Transam. But you really like you concentrated to really underground and non-super famous races. Why that? Uh, it's all about just uh, have fun on the bike. Okay. Uh, I'm not interested to getting crazy and doing something uh, twice or four or six times uh, only to, to be my main known. I, I like to have fun. I like to, to do something different. And uh, at the moment, I think it's... Uh, all this scene is growing up very well and very fast, and you can do every year something else, something different, and uh, so, yes, I like this. Okay, and also because, if I can, if I can also put a bit more, uh, maybe, of the idea that I have over there, it sounds like, because you have always something like regular, a regular job during the day, so a regular holidays and whatever, it sounds like you are really choosing the events based on the countries that you're gonna see plus um the the experience that you're gonna get and not only something to just take me these brackets over here like they are something like not only to be famous for the scene but just to enjoy the experience isn't it uh, yes uh, <laughs> if <laughs> this is this is part of my uh, how to to explain if you do something what you really like, uh, you're doing well. Yeah. 
So I try to to prepare for for my everything very well. I try to be in a good shape. I try to to fix everything around the, me, the bike, the the stuff, everything uh, in a perfect uh, style, and uh, to be to have an open mind. If I'm on the start line, I I know where I don't have any problems to to think maybe it works or works not I, I don't have to a reason to worry about something uh, and uh, it's it's to see how far uh, you can go it's it's going it's just going so i think there's somebody in my mind which is uh, switching uh, uh, something and then it, when it's going to start uh, i just go it's not to think about oh maybe it will not so good now or maybe tomorrow it's better or something like this it's only to move in the day and to sleep somewhere in the night and then yeah. just go never mind what has happened in the day never i never start to and and think uh, when it's going something is going wrong or it's going worth uh, now i i quit the race it's it's just to finish whatever it's possible to do finish the race have you ever scratched from a race i'm sorry have you ever scratched? Did you ever quit from a race? No, never. <laughs> That's great. There's no reason to quit because uh, you 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 have a lot of time. Uh, so there's nobody who, who can press you to finish uh, something. If if you if you like uh, to see it like this, there are some finisher parties or in, in the brevets there are some uh, time uh, gaps. Uh, okay, nice. But uh, finally, you do it for yourself. To, to do so to see how, how far you can go how fast you can go so why you worry if, if I like to finish in three days okay if it's not possible I can't finish this in th six days never mind it's it's like to finish this you started to finish this that's an amazing really spirit to start a ride and a race in this case the matter the thing that really matters is the experience to start and to finish and to enjoy all the way over there and who cares if you're arriving first or second right yeah or last. yeah uh, it's it's but enjoy is is also <laughs> there's in, in the in the in the my experiences they are not everything you can enjoy in, uh, especially in the, in the, in the like I go the races, it's not uh, so many to enjoy the race, but uh, this is part of, of the way I do this. Uh, you enjoy later the experience, and okay. uh, you you enjoy after finishing. You enjoy this uh, the moment to you you remember some small parts, some some pictures or something like this. I think this is about uh, this races like I do it. Cool. Uh, if you don't mind, I will actually keep on aside the transcontinental race that you have done because actually I have already interviewed a lot of people in the transcontinental race and everybody really knows about the transcontinental and yes. I won't, I don't know if you feel comfortable with that. It's, it's like you say, everybody is given a lot of uh, points to the transcontinental race and uh, I, I think there are a lot of other races in the world you can do and uh, it's not about to be tougher or less tougher uh, to do something. You can do a lot of races, so it's, everyone is going crazy about the transcontinental. It's really nice. It's well uh, known and everything, but uh, it's doing something else is also nice. 
Yeah, but I would say that probably this year, <laughs> I knew that we were going to actually to touch this topic, but actually this year they are doing something great, I believe. And I would like to ask, maybe to ask you something like a couple of comments. They are not doing it anymore from north to south. You said that you participated to the edition number two, so probably was from London to Istanbul. This year, yes. actually, they took the decision of doing it from east to west, arriving in Brest. What's what's your feeling on that? What do you what do you think about that? Do you think it's a great? Do you think it's a good move? Do you think that maybe this can be something that can really renew the spirit of the transcontinental? What do you think? To be honest, I didn't think about it. Okay. I I, I saw it and I have my things and uh, if I prepare for something, I, I prepare. If I'm not prepared for something, uh, I, I don't read a lot of things. Even in the, in the Facebook uh, here on the site, uh, I don't open uh, the, the messages and something like this. Because if you change something, there's a reason and uh, for, for the organizers. And I think to make something different makes sense because the people like some uh, changes. And uh, so I, I think that they, they have done a lot good job all these years, uh, the last years, and so, uh, yes, why not? It's okay for me. Okay, so you're not thinking of doing it, no, we know that you're not going to do it this year, but you're not thinking about doing it next year because of this change. Oh, for, for, for me, this is never a reason to, to, to look how, uh, how has changed uh, races or something, something like this. For me, the reason to do a races, I have not done it, so... Ah, okay. <laughs> Uh, so if I have done everything, maybe I will start from from the front again. Okay. Maybe, uh, or maybe I'm getting tired to do to do something in the same way. Maybe I can change something and uh, I will do some races again in in another style. Maybe uh, to be the red letter and uh, and uh, make only pictures and something like this. Uh, but at the moment, I don't know. <laughs> okay, makes sense. Then let's go a bit more deep into the things that are not so well known. So you were talking about this amazing race that you have done in Italy. Can you do I want to ask you two questions. Is it something that is happening recurrently? So every year or every some years? And the second thing, do we have an yes. highlight on that? Yes, uh, I think so. Uh, the, the guy which is organizing this is Fulvio Gambaro. Okay. And, I'm Googling uh, it right now. Uh, my, my, I found it in, in this in this year. I, I have uh, decided to to do yes, it was in fifteen. I decided to do the Trans Africa and to prepare for the Trans Africa. I was searching for something in spring, okay. and I, I find it in the in the internet. And uh, but uh, if if you see the on Facebook, maybe you can find the full view. Uh, Gambaro, and uh, he is organizing brevets in Italy. I think in, if you ask some guy from Italy, he he knows him, and he can can give you, or maybe I will find a link and to send it send it to you on message. Would be great. Yes, no problem. And do you have an highlight of that ride, of that race, that brevet? That's something that you remember. That wow or fuck. <laughs> Uh, yes, yes, because uh, I didn't imagine it. Uh, it it's so, so nice, and it, it is it is a brevet, but uh, the, the most uh, points, the checkpoints, are not checkpoints with guys or something like this. They are some checkpoints.
in a restaurant or some uh, a place, a coffee or something like this. You have to go in, inside, you, you take your, your brevet card out, you get your stamp, and then you have to, uh, to go, to move. So you are self-supported uh, in, in one side. On the other side, uh, the, the tour, uh, the route is uh, well prepared. And it was really nice. I like Italy too. So this is the reason I can remember that very well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, sounds like really, really interesting. And then you were saying that you were making this ride, this race, sorry, uh, because you were preparing for the Trans Africa bicycle. Yes. How was this ride? Uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, very different uh, in, in the way uh, what I thought it will be, because it's not uh, it's South Africa, so it's not uh, the Africa we, we are thinking of uh, Africa with uh, lions and elephants and something like this. Yeah. Uh, um, it was uh, with a 29er, so we had some parts of gravel inside, and we were in the in Lesotho, and uh, there was a lot of uh, gravel and something in uh, Swaziland, there were also no, uh, no roads, uh, only gravel and then some uh, mud roads and something like this. But uh, it was really amazing because uh, of the landscapes. You, you are lonely by your way. You come, some days you didn't see any person, if, if you not go really inside a small village or something like this, you, know, you don't come in touch with somebody. So it was really nice. Okay. At this point. Wow. And so this was really kind of unsupported for real, right? Was uh, was a tracker. The uh, the organizer uh, was uh, Andy Masters. He was uh, in the car around of everybody. Uh, he tried to 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 make some pictures or something like this. But uh, the, the main point it was unsupported. Really unsupported. Yes. Wow. And then we can move actually, I think is the we yeah, is the year after. So this was really a huge ride that you have done, a huge race is probably one of the most famous, if not the most famous ultra endurance race, uh yeah. unsupported, is the Transam. Now everybody yes. knows the Transam, but the thing that everybody knows about the tier, it was that you were actually the first of the race for a long time. And then what happened? <laughs> yes. I <laughs> Sorry if I ask you this story, but this is actually the, final, the famous part of your story, cycling story. What happened over there? I, I, I started the Trans M uh, just to, to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and after the few days I, I was in the lead, I was chased by, uh, at first by Sarah and uh, then uh, from uh, Evan and uh, Lael. Yeah, and these uh, two were doing a great job. They chased me. I think it was ten days, something like this, maybe more. And uh, I was trying to to everything to stay on the lead. And uh, then in the last night, I I was maybe I switched off. I was really tired. I couldn't move anymore, and I. 
was running out of batteries. My my uh, my Garmin was uh, running out and out of batteries and, uh, and my lights, and uh, I had to sleep. And then I slept for some hours, yeah. two or three hours. And then I wake up and uh, I saw a guy uh, which passed by in a, in a van and uh, we, we chatted some moments only. And then I asked him, yes, I have to move here on this uh, way to, to follow the route. And he told, yes, yes, this is the route. And this is what I remember. And I started to move in the, in the wrong direction. So I started back. <laughs> and and, and maybe I, I cycled one hour and then something hit my, my brain and, and I, I was remembering some parts of the road or oh. something like this and I told myself you have passed here, you have passed here and then I, I stopped I tried to, to search uh, on the on the Garmin. I had the E-Trex so the, 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 the screen was really small and it was dark in the night and to find out what's happened, what what has happened, and then uh, really in this moment when I when I understand uh, I, I was wrong in the wrong direction, I saw some lights in front of me, and they were well, Lael. No way. And uh, she she passed by. Uh, I followed her, of course, and uh, she pushed hard, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, I asked her maybe after after all these uh, kilometers, all these days, maybe it would be nice to finish together yeah. because I didn't uh, expect it's, it's so so uh, for her. It's, it's uh, the one point is only to finish lonely, and she told me no, no way. This is a race, and I understood that there were no point, uh, no no chance to to finish together. Yeah, and. Uh, then there was uh, some rough parts in the roads, and I I got a chain sack. So the chain was uh, stuck in, inside the, the frame and the the, the gears, and I had to stop and to fix it. And I lost her in front, and my lights were not uh, good enough because of the batteries, and I had to slow down. And this was uh, yes, it was the last day. So this is really what was happened so it was a mix of probably being tired so lack of sleep and stuff like this and bad uh, luck yes it, it's 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 always uh, everything uh, like this uh, is, is ca comes together so days before i had some flats i had uh, some problems with my tubeless setup i tried to fix it i uh, had uh, this technical problems with the uh, with the batteries and everything, but all these things uh, are always came when you're tired, when you're yeah. not present. Uh, I think this is the main point for for everybody in these races. If you if you're not tired, if you're uh, in a good shape, uh, whatever will be happened, you can fix it and you can go. If it's going worth and you are tired and everything is coming together, I think it's this is the point. Yeah, 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 and also. I got I had actually Lyle on my uh, on my podcast before and she's super famous for continuing and doing and riding with really few hours of sleeping and this is actually the difference you're not winning because you're stronger most of the time but how you handle your yeah the fatigue yeah, that's right um, and, uh, and now I can I can say that maybe the the point was uh, not to stopping 
and to come together before the last days yeah. with uh, Lael and, and Evan and maybe to go close to them uh, some days to, to get some rest and maybe to, to have uh, them close maybe in front to, to chase. But uh, yes, now everything, this is history. But I would say for, for me, it's not that she won it, I lost it. So, <laughs> this, is, <laughs> so this is the difference for me to see this, uh, the race, the finish. Uh, is, it's not that she, she won it <laughs> uh, because I lost it. This is the main point. Okay, but you were second anyways. I, I, I have no problem with this. So yeah. this is, the race is, is not over if it's not over. So never mind. It's true, it's true. And yeah, and you have, you will have more time for sure to, to ride together and see what's going on. Yeah, never mind. I, I'm not, I'm fine with this. Okay. And uh, this is, this is part of this uh, races and never, you know, so, okay, let's finish this. Was yeah. a great race. I didn't expect uh, to do it in this time. So for me, always, uh, I have done the, one of the fastest trans amps in the history. So uh, why not be proud of this? Yeah, you you should be. You should be for sure. And then moving also for the year after, you were part of this infamous race at the end that was the Indian Pacific Wheel Race in two thousand and seventeen. Yeah. What yeah. are your so just also here to put everything in the context? I know that already my listeners here, our listeners here, knows what happened, but this was actually the race of the infamous uh, thing over there, Michael dying hit by a car. It was really yeah a sad sad situation, and uh, you were one of those that decided that anyways you you need to honor the race and arrive to the end, arrive to Sydney. But how was the spirit? What happened over there? Uh, yes, uh, let's start a little bit in the front. Uh, Go the for first that. Days, uh, the plan was uh, to, to stay in the front with these guys together as, as fast, as long as I can. And maybe to finish in the first five. Uh, and uh, the second or third day, I got some problems with my knee. Uh, which I knew from the London, Edinburgh, London, because I had the same problem in the right knee. So I uh, was stopping in the night. Uh, I fixed my knees. I no painkiller, nothing works. So I had to slow down and to to go in the in the remote to finish this. Never mind how long, uh, just finish. And then I tried. Uh, after these days, I tried to to stay in touch, but I lost from the fifth place uh, when I were there somewhere, fifth, fourth place, somewhere like this. I lost a lot of places and I was in the place 13 uh, when I started to, to come back and to reach the first guys. But uh, I recovered finally and uh, I I could start uh, to go fast in the days and I recovered in the nights, slept some hours in the nights in some hotels. Mm -hmm. And finally, when I uh, was in the seventh position, was the day when uh, the, the car killed Mike. Mm -hmm. And I was stopped in a small town from a guy from a bike shop. And he, he told me 
uh, about the things the, which, which uh, happened and, and something like this, and I couldn't believe. Uh, so uh, I told him to, to stop uh, talking, and I opened my 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 uh, mobile phone to get in touch with the tracker and, and uh, see what has happened, maybe to read something in the internet. And finally, I understood, yes, uh, he's right. It's not uh, bullshit. And yes, it was a sad moment. Uh, I, I stopped there finally, and then I started after an hour. I don't remember well. And, uh, but I was slow. I was crying on the bike. And yeah. uh, there are so many uh, things and emotions were rushing uh, in your head and, and going around and everything. And um, I stopped in the evening early to to think about what is what has happened, what can I do, what will I do, what uh, it's it's now because the the race was over finally, and uh, but uh, then the main point was. Uh, the first 200 the race, also Mike, because I met him in the in Transcontinental the mm. first time and there uh, was a lot of respect and uh, like this. And uh, so one point was this and the other point was uh, I was in the race. I was uh, far from Sydney uh, and far from Fremantle where we started. Yeah. Uh, so I was somewhere in Australia. Why go in with a bus or with a, uh, a car when I go with, can go with a bike? Yeah. And uh, the other point was I had trained all the, the winter. It was a hard winter too. It was cold and everything. I have trained so much uh, kilometers and the weather was cold and everything. So uh, I was prepared. Uh, also, I've spent a lot of money for preparing for coming down uh, and uh, for, for the hotels and everything. So all this came together and, and decided uh, I decided to go and to finish with the bike in, in Sydney on the opera. And uh, yes, I've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can completely, you know, um, any kind of decision in this situation is really up to the person itself. And uh, nobody would have judged something like this. I can completely understand also your spirit of, I came here to ride, to, to race, and I want to finish the race, even if something so tragic happened. Also because carry on in this situation, in this situation means also something like giving a purpose on what we are doing and a purpose to somebody died on the street while riding. So I can completely see your point. Yes, and always it was, uh, also it was, uh, Mike always told uh, to the people, never stop, whatever has happened, never yeah. stop, because if you stop, somebody will move. So, uh, I think it was in his mind also to to do something like this, and he would do the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can completely completely see your point. Flipping page for so the year after. So we're talking about last year, and actually this is the link that put us together. And uh, I'm talking about the North Cape Tarifa. Um, yes. How it happened? Let's just let me say a couple of words on the story. I met Andy completely by chance via some digital conversation some month ago 
and uh, he was telling me, ah, yeah, you know, I'm the organizer of this race and whatever. The first time that I was listening to the North Cape Tarifa. And then we got for lunch together because he also um, was in that period here, close to Zurich. We went for lunch and we started really talking about all the anecdotes about his races and that race in particular and the plan that, of the races that he's doing in the future, uh, the, uh, the style of the race that he's organizing. And then we started talking about, okay, do you want to... Why don't we talk about that on uh, the, my podcast? And he told me the best person to talk about this race in your podcast is Stefan, because he was the winner of last year. And he also maybe probably can explain a bit better the spirit of this race to you. So that's okay. your job now, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yes, what about the North Cap Tarifa? Uh, I met Andy the first time in the uh, in on the Trans Am. Yeah, we slept in the same uh, in the same motel in the the nights before the start, and uh, then we were always in touch uh, this uh, after the Trans Am, and uh, he came in the in the same year he came here to the island, and I I told him to do the Trans Africa tour. And so it's, it's uh, about uh, not only to stay in touch, I think we, we build up a friendship. And uh, he started someone, he, he started to, to tell me about the North Cape Tarifa. Mm -hmm. And uh, then when we met and uh, finished in Sydney on the, in the, in the, in the Pacific View Race, uh, uh, we, we were in the Yes, we were in the Rafa uh, house there in, in Sydney, uh, and he, he told me he has decided to, to fix the race and to make it in uh, in 2018. And I told him, okay, if you if you manage this and you get everything together, I will start. I'm sure I, I will start there. And uh, yes, uh, th that was it. He fixed everything. He fixed uh, the site and everything, the date. And we were always in touch to, to speak uh, uh, what he has to think of and why to do it like this or not. And, and, and uh, I always saw how many uh, job, how many passion he put in, in this uh, the preparation for the race too. And yes, for me, there were no point to, to think about not starting this race. Okay, and how was it then? Uh, then we started last year. Yeah. Uh, in the, the, yes, in the, in the longest uh, night, maybe if you, if you like to say it like this, in the, in the North Cape, when it's uh, time is in June, there's no uh, night really, because it's daylight. Okay. Uh, and uh, we started there. Uh, Andy had uh, prepared everything very well. It's not uh, a race uh, like uh, somebody's on the on the ride the GPS uh, and the computer and fix some route and uh, mm -hmm. then uh, you send you he's sending you and, and doing something with a bike. Uh, he has uh, I think he had done nearly all the route uh, with a bike to prepare and. Mm -hmm. uh, it was really nice because uh, it was not a route uh, on, the, on the main roads to go from the 
gasoline shop one to the next uh, gasoline shop. It was a, a route uh, which were fixed from uh, routes uh, maybe a little bit far from big towns, uh, less traffic. Uh, yet, uh, especially in the first days, you had somewhere pa passes from from 150, maybe 200 k's, where were nothing, no no shop, no hotel, nothing. You were lonely in the wilderness and. Uh, this was uh, the, the main part of the route was uh, on uh, uh, roads, maybe let's say uh, asphalt, but okay. uh, he fixed also some uh, gravel parts. Uh -huh. There were some rough roads in the, in the Oster, in, the, in Poland, in, in Czechian. So it not, you had everything, everything you like to have, you, you find in this race. Even later in, in Italy or in, in the in Spain, there were some parts from gravel and something like this, so it was really nice. And he fixed the route together with the uh, Alps, uh, yeah. Pyrenees. You had the, the Pico del Veleta, the, mm -hmm. the highest uh, possible uh, uh, road in, in Europe. Yeah. Uh, so I think it was uh, a lot of, of uh, uh, heights in this route. And he fixed everything together. So, uh, and also, you can say it's the most and the longest in the in the world to race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you won it, and then for keeping your spirit of continuing and doing every year something new that you have never done. This yes. year you are doing another ride, another race, but still staying together and being completely linked with Andy, right? Yes. Um, after after the, the last year, the North Cap Tarifa, I decided to take it a little bit easier. Maybe I say I, I shake. I will take it a little bit easier, and I hope I can. I'm not sure. We will Wait. See. Uh, I sorry, I have to say something here, Stefan. Sorry. Actually, the thing that Andy told me, and if you don't want to listen to that, I can cut it later. But the thing that Andy told me said, okay, if I'm gonna win the North Cape Tarifa, I'm gonna retire. That's what you said. <laughs> Is it true? <laughs> uh, yes, I, I, I think uh, um, <laughs> I'm closing my, my 50. I have my 50 birthday this year oh, okay. uh, to, to, to prepare for these races and to fix everything and to recover after. It's uh, now it's, it's gone longer and longer. So you have to imagine, I think last year it was half a year. Uh, all together. So there were in the front were three months of preparing, of uh, training hard and uh, fix everything. Then there was one one month of race uh, all together, traveling yeah. and everything. And then uh, it needs nearly two months to recover. Okay. Not only mentally, also your body needs to recover. And even if you think oh, I have my power is back and after some weeks uh, you, you start something and then they come, there's a break and your legs say no, nothing. And so uh, I decided I, I will do it a little bit uh, in another style. I, I will do more enjoying 
uh, the races and I, I think I can do this. <laughs> this is what was what I told Andy. Okay. But, uh, I, I know myself and so whatever you say now, uh, we will see when I'm there, when I'm down and uh, if, 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 if you start something and this, everything is moving well, why not fi finishing in a good time? So I don't know. I, I think I, I will uh, we'll do it with less pressing because uh, this year I, I also in, in the North Cap Tarifa, I had a, a very well a very well prepared competitor was not only uh, Kai was also uh, the, the guy from Finland uh, Samuli okay. which were uh, really tough and I think the last week was uh, hard when I lost uh, the front uh, to Kai in the on the Galibier and I was not sure how to do how to to overcome this guy again because he was very fast in the downhills and I was uh, uh, really hard to, to follow him and so I started uh, to, to chase him and uh, then the last two days I didn't slept I, I met him in the, in the Pico uh, on the top of the mountain and I saw he was tired and I moved again all the night and uh, didn't stop uh so there were a lot of pressing you press yourself to to overcome all these things your your body is tired your your mind is not working well and everything but you're you're pressing you do something which is uh, very hard and uh, i think maybe it's possible to go with less pressing so never mind which time maybe one day more or less it's not uh, not so bad uh, this is, I think, uh, we will do this now. And which is going to be? Because I interrupt you on the best part of your first answer. What, which one is going to be the race of next year? Of this year, 2019? Uh, which one? Yeah, yeah. I which... think it's in Morocco. Okay. I, I will start in Morocco. This is for sure. Okay, perfect, perfect. So it's another but, great. But this is this is also it's it's uh, even it's a it's a different uh, race now because I think there will a lot of gravel inside the rough road something like this, so it's a different, very different to the North Cape Tarifa or maybe the Trans Am. Okay, and how do you feel actually? How do you feel? How do you feel comfortable with gravel riding as well? Oh, you have to prepare. This yeah. is, uh, <laughs> it's not about uh, what you what you feel. It's it's about to prepare to get in contact. And I have done after I come back uh, from from uh, Spain last year. I have started a lot of uh, rides here on the island on gravel because I think it's also uh, something which has grown uh, uh, very fast at the moment. Yeah, it's. Uh, a thing a lot of people were thinking of, uh, and uh, I like it too. But you have to be prepared. You have to to have uh, you you should have the the right uh, rig. You have a bicycle to to go on gravel. You need to, to be prepared. Your body, your mind, and then you can enjoy. It's, there's no problem. Yeah, uh, I have just the last question for you, Stefan, and then I will let you free. Um, so. You have done last year the North Cape Tarifa. 
you're gonna participate next year this year actually on the moroccan adventure don't remember the name but anyways another one of those right uh, this kind of race in morocco and then uh, i think the attendee is also preparing something like the transiberica so another amazing adventure over there why do you think that these uh, races over here have a different flavor than the other one that you have done? Because it sounds really, from your voice and from your words, that these are really races that have a different flavor than the one uh, packed with people and with not so much space on the real adventure and with not so, and not really organized as perfect as the uh, this one are. Which one is the difference in your opinion? Um... I think uh, it's the, the, we have after after let's let's start a little bit different. Uh, okay. When when you see the the transcontinental, it's uh, uh, the Trans Am last year. It's uh, all about going faster and uh, and winning this. And there are maybe a handful of people which can win races like this. And uh, a lot of people which uh, came uh, on these races to spend their holidays, which uh, train their, their, their daily kilometers after the job, after the family, after whatever. And then they came and they have maybe two, two weeks, maybe more, maybe less, to do something different, yeah. to, to be a hero for... The, the family, for their friends, for something uh, like this, and for their own. And I think this is the part we have to, to respect. Uh, it's uh, a lot of these guys which will win now these races like the Transcontinental or maybe in North Cap Tarif or something like this. Uh, they have uh, personal trainers, uh, they have uh, sponsors and something like this. So it's different. I think we have uh, to think about the people which came to enjoy, to see landscape, uh, places, uh, countries, whatever, uh, in a different way of, of traveling. They like to travel with their bikes. They, they are not fast like uh, the fast guys and the first uh, and the winners and something like this. But they like to enjoy the scenery and everything like this. And if, if you find something like Andy, which is uh, preparing the races ex exactly for these people. Okay. Uh, you, you will see, you feel fine, you feel safe. It's, uh, it's not about to have a prepared route to follow some uh, GPX track. Uh, it's, it's about to, to find a route in front of you which is not only prepared and uh, which is uh, in front of you uh, on a GPX track. It's about a route you can be sure it's uh, safe in, the, in our, let's say safe, it's uh, not so many traffic, uh, not main roads. Uh, you you don't uh, have to to be scared about uh, to come and travel with some uh, things in, in some big towns or something like this. Uh, you you can spend your holidays uh, on a nice uh, have a nice time and you come back and you have done something great. I think this is uh, the point. Yeah, it makes completely sense. Really, 
races that are not made for professional let's put it in that way you must be a professional anyways on doing this race because you need to prepare and to be prepared of that but not for people that are only doing that in their life but for people that really want to enjoy the race itself yes because uh, there are so many races and uh, it's, it's nice to to be competitive and it's nice to win races like this and i know what it means and but I, I, I have a lot of respect for people uh, which came and uh, managed somewhere 200 or 250 Ks a day and stay with their BV outside and rest and enjoying and uh, chatting with people and, and have, have a great time. I think uh, it's, it's a different way. Maybe they will need longer. But I think they will enjoy a lot more the, this uh, race, uh, this race is uh, like me. <laughs> I'm okay. sure. Well, I would say perfect. I have just really, really the last, 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 last question for you, Stefan. Uh, Googling around your name, I actually found um, a presentation that you have made at the TED. But it was yes. in Greece, in Greece, in Greece. Yes. and it was yeah in Greece. So I didn't really get the uh, the the sound of it, you know, the juice of it, because I don't speak Greek, and that's really a shame. Because the title of it is that is Are you lost? Go uphill. Give me the summary of that in three sentences, because that's actually what I do, <laughs> you know. If I had to find a certain point, the solution or a situation where I'm lost, and I'm not only talking about lost in the way or lost on the road, but lost in general, also, you know, you don't focus in stuff or whatever. The thing that I do, I take my bicycle and I go uphill. Yes. Why uh... would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, it was a TEDx uh, here in Greece, yes, yeah. uh, and uh, it started, normally it started everything about cycling, but I switched it to my personal uh, kind of, of, of thinking and uh, kind of living here in Greece. And uh, uh, going up, uh, it, it means uh, if, if things go wrong, we, 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 we try to find a, a solution, a fast solution, and uh, yeah. to... Uh, to to go out of, of some uh, trouble or something like this and uh, if you if you step for one minute if you step out of, of these things and uh, if you uh, taking a, a unbeaten path uh, you will find another view on the on the things and uh, this is what we said always in the in the Alps when I have done some Alpen uh, cross uh, if, if you feel uh, you go wrong at first, go uphill. It, it seems to be hard, but if you on top, you can see around you, you have a better view, and it's easier if you see you are wrong to go down than to see if you're down to go up again. So this is the, the sense of, of this. Makes so complete if, you, sense. if you have some problems or something like this, uh, don't don't so search for the for the fast solution. Give it a try. Give it a minute to think about, and uh, maybe it's not always the the, the, the easiest way. Is not always the best. Makes complete sense. And actually, I have to say thank you for 
these words over here, I think, is the perfect finale here. Stefan, it was really a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you very much, Stefano. And uh, yeah, I will talk to you soon and sorry for the mess around with technical things. But, you know, we went in the hard way and at the end it seems like we found the solution. Yeah, yeah. It, maybe it didn't, didn't work because my, my laptop is also, it's, it's like me, it's an old guy. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, but I, I don't like to change it because I don't change. <laughs> it was perfect actually, no worries. Thank you, Stefan. Have a nice Thank you. evening. Wish you a nice evening. Ciao, Thank ciao. you very much. Thanks, Stefan, also for our amazing chat and amazing talk and good luck for the Moroccan adventure. Don't remember. But anyways, the other um, the other race that you're going to ride and still organized by Andy. As I hope at a certain point I can have also Andy on this microphone because when he starts talking about all his experience on bike racing, unsupported bike racing, it's just amazing. You cannot follow his lips while he's talking all the time. You cannot say anything. Great, great experience. I'm mean, super, super happy. If somebody of you wants to, uh, I don't know, send me an email or whatever, give me some information for other underground races that are happening in the um, ultra endurance race and unsupported racing, please let me know because I really would like to talk about this niche not only on the mainstream. Even if we cannot talk about mainstream, about uh, talking about this kind of events, it's not Tour de France, it's not the World Cup. But still, you know, there are something that is more well known and something that is now less known. But we can figure it out in order to make everything uh, known and just keep the spirit and absorb the spirit of these races. And I would be super happy for listening to that. Let's close with my contacts. Hello at calamaro.cc, my email. Instagram is calamaro.cc as uh, well as Facebook, calamaro.cc also there. Read Calamaro on Twitter. And don't forget to listen to this episode wherever, on any of your platform. I usually um, call it back something that is Spreaker and Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And remember to share it with your friends. And always thanks to... Uh, 3T for the support of this year. The support with the 3T Explorer that is in front of me and probably is going to be my ride for my lunch break ride. Yeah, it's home office day, no office day. So I can go out. Instead of eating, I will go out with my bicycle. I just want to close this episode with my last words. And I just want to present my deep condolences to the family and friends of Kelly Catelyn. Kelly Catelyn was a bicycle... I would say champion. Uh, she got silver medal at the Olympics and several medals as well to world championship of um, truck cycling. And she died some days ago. Uh, yeah, uh, all the news says that is yeah suicidal was the cause of it. And uh, anybody, nobody knows the causes of this kind of thing and I don't want to speculate on any of these news. The only thing that I want to say is that unfortunately depression and mental health is a thing and uh, we go, all of us go into some up and downs in our life and the only thing that I want to say okay for all of us is bicycle is kind of a cure um, a way to go out for weird situation and tough situation mental and psychological wise but never 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 be scared of feel not comfortable or ask for some help uh, 
we all, as I was saying, we all go through um, difficult situation and everybody can understand if you're not feeling good and you need some help for that. Don't be scared. Just go out, get some help. A lot of professionals are out there. And just talking about this kind of um, mental health and depression or whatever just will make it um, more common any easier also to ask some help if we are facing something like this. So my deep condolences for family and friends. I'm pretty, pretty sorry for the loss that we all get. And uh, yeah, yeah, nothing else. Uh, I will talk to you next week, people. And bye bye.